0: Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's episode is called Runaway Cats, an adaptation of a Japanese folktale written for you by Daniel Hines. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Arlen and Meyer and their family, Carter, Katie, and Kara and their family from New Hampshire, Owen and Mara and the rest of the Esper family from North Ridgeville, Ohio, Caleb and Emmy Ray and their family from Charlestown, Mass., Wes Lawrence and his family, Nala, Eva, and Arlo and their family from Oregon, Maya, Sage, and Eden and their family from San Clemente, California, and Tyson and Ella and the rest of the Verstrate family. Thank you so much, Ella, Tyson, Eden, Sage, Maya, Arlo, Eva, Nala, West Lawrence, Emmy Ray, Caleb, Mara, Owen, Kara, Katie, Carter, Meyer, and Arlen. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, make a small monthly donation at patreon.com stories, or just tell a friend about us. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! Runaway Cats Once upon a time there lived a mighty kitten. Though young, he was tall and strong, with thick paws and shaggy fur that twisted up from his ears. In the starlight, his green eyes seemed to shine and pierce the gloom, letting him see even on the darkest night. He was quick and clever and kind, and his name was Gowan. By day, Gowen stayed inside with his owner, a kindly music teacher. There, he would sleep above the warm stove. He'd catnap and listen with half an ear while his master taught students about pitch and timbre and the intricate workings of music theory. By night, he prowled the alleys, menacing the mice and leaping wall to wall. Next door lived a beautiful kitten by the name of Coma. Where Gowan's fur was long and wild, hers was short and soft as silk. And where Gowen was huge, she was petite, tiny even for a kitten. She lived in the home of a great lady, who gave her as gentle a life as you could wish for. Koma did everything carefully and quietly. The little deer would blink her dainty eyelashes and eat her supper tidily, and when she finished, she licked her little pink nose with a delicate tongue. Every deed she did was done with grace, and she was her owner's pride and joy. Of course, it was only a matter of time before these two kittens should meet. One chance night, while Gowen was out hunting mice and Koma was taking herself for a midnight stroll, they happened upon each other under a cherry tree. There, while the pink petals danced and laughed in the moonlight, they became fast friends. They spent all night together, talking and laughing and meowing songs at the moon. They met again the next night and every night after. Soon, the two cats were best friends and thought it would be better if they could live in the same house. That way, they could be together during the day as well as during the night. It was a lovely idea, but there was just one problem. Neither owner was willing to part with their cat. Gowen's owner, the music teacher, thought that Gowen brought him luck. The lady who owned Coma took too much joy in doting on her. Neither was willing to part with their cat, no matter how much the two whined at them. One desperate night, the pair met again under their cherry tree. "'My owner will not let me go,' said Gowen. "'He says I keep his voice sweet and his purse full,' Coma purred anxiously. "'Mine says much the same.' I don't think they'll let us live together. Goan paused, and then he remembered one of the haikus his master would sing just for practice. He said it aloud to Koma. Meeting you was a happy surprise. The sunshine at summer's dawning. That was it. They both knew that they'd rather live on the streets together than in their houses apart. Cats are a decisive sort of creature, and so, their decision made... They left that very night. They turned their back on the cherry tree and followed the moon, laughing and singing and winding their way from one street to the next. As morning dawned, they found themselves in a large park. The grass was soft and the trees cast dancing shadows in the gentle breeze. This seems like a good place to sleep away a sunny day, Koma said. "Mm, Absolutely agreed Gowen, stretching deeply, belly to the ground. Let's find a shady tree. The pair padded across the soft grass, leaning against each other, tails dancing as they walked. It was a beautiful morning, and they were truly hopeful for their future together. And that's when they heard the dog. It stomped from the shadow of a tree, muzzle-bared, teeth festooned with thick strings of drool, it eyed the cats and growled, a low, deep growl like rumbling earth. "Coma," said Gowan, get up a tree. Coma looked at him for a moment and then scrambled up a tree. The dog lunged after the tiny kitten, but Gowen got in his way. The cat arched his back, hair on end to seem even bigger than he already was. The dog paused for a moment, unsure. It sniffed at the air and Gowan could tell the mutt-tasted cat on the breeze. He started to worry. Big as he was, the dog was much bigger. He darted for the tree, but the dog was too close and it cut him off. Gowan spun the other way and the dog circled him there too. Trapped. I'm trapped, he thought. From her perch high in the tree, Koma looked on. She was too small to fight, but she spied a human girl walking through the park nearby. Taking a deep breath, she yowled for all she was worth. Excuse me! Help us! The human heard her cry and turned towards the sound, cocking her head. Oh, was that a kitty I heard? she called, walking towards Coma's tree. Here, kitty, kitty! The girl drew near and saw the dog corner Goan and lunge forward. Its great big teeth snapped at the cat's head and Goan yelped and stumbled away, bleeding from one ear. No, stop that, the girl said, walking between the cat and dog. The dog lowered its ears and slunk away, and the girl scooped the bloody Goan up into her arms. Before Coma could get out of the tree, the girl had tucked the big kitty into her basket and walked away. No, go in, she called, hurrying after him. Unfortunately, the girl walked up to a towering gate set into a towering wall protected by guards with towering spears. The guards opened a small door for her and she hurried through and it shut behind her with a booming clang. Como ran up, trying to find a way through, but there were no holes and the wall was high and smooth. What do I do now? She said to herself miserably. What in the world can I do? Gowan woke up the next morning in a bed of pillowed silk. Nearby, there were bowls of food and water, and he could hear humans chatting in the next room. He climbed from bed, confused. Where am I? he wondered. He went to itch his head, and his ear stung painfully. It hurt, but it brought the memories back in a rush the park the dog coma gwen looked all around but coma wasn't there he'd have to go find her while he thought his belly rumbled so he helped himself to the food and drink whiskers wet he looked at his reflection in the water bowl he had a cut on his cheek and was missing a big notch from one of his ears well he said to himself i guess it could have been worse at least coma got away "'Oh, Kitty, you're awake!' It was the girl, the one who'd saved him in the park. She scooped him up again and poked and prodded at his ear. At first it hurt, and Goan considered giving her some claw, but then she spread on some kind of paste that felt wonderfully cool and soothing. After that, she brought Goan outside and stood on a balcony. "'You see, Kitty?' she asked, holding him up. "'It's the Imperial Gardens!' You live here at the palace now, you lucky cat. The palace, he thought with wonder. It turned out the girl worked in the palace, and she gleefully showed him the kitchens dripping with food, the sparkling water that leapt from the fountains, and the beautiful ponds full of slow, fat fish. There was wonder after wonder. It was a marvelous place, truly, a cat's paradise and in the middle of it all stood a beautiful grove of cherry trees. I need to find Coma, he thought. She should be here with me. That day, he prowled the grounds, looking for a way out so he could find her. Try as he might, he couldn't find a way through the walls, and they were too high and steep to climb. He found a gutter he thought was promising, but it was sealed halfway down with an iron grate. Goen wanted to scream in frustration. He lived in a paradise, but it wasn't truly a paradise without coma. He had to find her. Had to. While he sat and thought, he watched a young girl walk across the Imperial Gardens. He didn't pay her too much attention until she sat under a rustling tree. That bothered Goen for a second. Why was that tree rustling and no other? There wasn't a breeze. He padded closer and saw it. There, in the reddish leaves of the tree, there was a great, rust-brown, mamushi snake, one of the deadliest in all of Japan. It was uncoiling itself slowly, tongue flicking at the air. Oh no, Goen realized. It was getting ready to drop on the girl and give her its terrible bite. Without thinking, the rough-and-tumble cat ran towards her. At the same moment, the snake hissed as it dropped, and the girl looked up and screamed as it lashed at her face. Its needle-sharp fangs extended, the mamushi struck like a lightning bolt. But Goen was faster. His reflexes sharp from hunting the quick street mice, he leapt and caught the snake in the air just inches from the young girl's cheek. With the snake in his teeth, Goen landed and shook his head whipping the serpent back and forth until it went still in his jaws. He dropped it to the ground, panting. Some palace guards ran up, axes and swords at the ready. Princess, we heard the scream. They looked and saw the snake sprawled on the ground. A deadly mamushi. Were you bitten? No, said the girl, still a little shaky. This kitty saved me. A pair of guards carried the snake away, while some others checked nearby trees for more. "'He looks like the fighting type,' the guard said, scratching Goan behind his torn ear. "'Lucky for you.' "'He's a hero, Kitty!' "'He is indeed,' said the guard, smiling. "'Such heroism deserves a reward. Maybe a fish from the pond, or a golden collar. What do you think, Princess?' The little girl furrowed her brow in thought and turned towards Gowen. Kitty, you saved my life. How can I reward you? Gowen's heart leapt. They called her princess. He had saved the princess. This was his chance. Hoping she would understand, he ran over to the gate and scratched it with his paws. You want to go out? She nodded to the guards, who pulled open a small door set within the larger gate. Goan darted out and then turned to look at the princess, waiting. You want me to come with you? Goan ran to her and then back away again, eyeing her expectantly. Guards, we're going on a walk with my cat. The guards smiled and were happy to humor the little princess. They made quite a parade leaving the castle. Goan in the lead, tail swaying, the imperial princess just behind, giggling and spinning, and the guards bringing up the rear with their long spears and ceremonial swords. It wasn't long before Gowen spotted Coma. She was huddled in the shadow of the endless wall, looking longingly at the palace peaks beyond. Koma! he shouted, practically pouncing on her. I found you! Gowen! she replied, purring loudly. You found me! The princess and the guards caught up to the cat's. The little girl was red-cheeked and laughing. My hero! Is this your kitty friend? Goin purred in response, nuzzling Koma's little pink nose with his own. It is! cried the princess. And then she turned to the guards following her. All right, everybody, these are both my kitties now. They'll be coming back with us. The guards cheered and the princess scooped up both cats. They hung awkwardly in her little arms, pressed together close, cheek to cheek, but they didn't seem to mind. And as time went on, the princess married a prince, who came to love Goin and Coma just as much as his bride. The imperial couple had many children, and Gowen and Coma had many little kittens of their own. The kids and kittens all played together, and they were fast friends for the rest of their lives, which they lived, together, happily ever after. The End Today's story, Runaway Cats, was an adaptation of a Japanese folktale written for you by Daniel Hines and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support Stories podcast, you can leave us a 5-star review on iTunes, make a monthly donation at patreon.com slash stories, or simply tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening!